Dirty Panties podcast contains explicit discussions of sexuality and is not recommended for listeners under the age of 18. Welcome to Dirty Panties podcast. I'm your host, Venus Valentine. This week's guest is Sunny Megatron. Sunny Megatron is a sexuality educator and media personality. She co-hosts and produces American Sex Podcast and is also the host and executive producer of the Showtime original television series, Sex with Sunny Megatron. Her work has been featured in Cosmo, Playboy, Jezebel, BuzzFeed, and many more. Sunny's passion is helping people become their authentic sexual selves by learning to overcome shame and shed inhibitions. As a lifestyle BDSM enthusiast, most of her work centers around normalizing alternative sexual practices and ending sexual stigma. Shall we begin? So, welcome, Sunny. Hello. Hello. Um, the first question is, do you remember how we met? You know, I was thinking about this. And not only do I have a really bad memory, I think, and I could be completely wrong, and you could be thinking, man, you don't even remember, but this is what it's I remember. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, you were friends with my partner before you knew me. Yeah. So I sort of like knew of you and knew of you from afar from that respect. You also were a part of the community that I was in and we may have been at like events where we didn't know each other. So I want to say like, instead of there was this time that we met, it was like a slow sort of progression. I can't remember the first time or am I just, okay. Okay. But I remember, um, I was friends with this girl who was dating this guy, not your partner, but Mm -hmm. someone you dated before him. And so they were in a poly thing and he was also dating you. Mm -hmm. And I remember being out with pizza, out for pizza with her. And she was just a very jealous person. And she was like, oh, and he's also fucking this other woman. And it was you. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. That is so funny because I never met that person, but I did hear rumors that that was a very jealous person. And I was just like, why? Like, I'm nice. You seem nice. I'd want to be friends, but I guess this person's jealous, so I should never approach them unless I want something I don't want. Yeah. Well, I also, this this man in question who, let's just call him Bob. Mm -hmm. We both know who we're talking about. So I dated Bob off and on for a long time. And then Bob started dating me again, but then it was like, I had to have a threesome with him and that girl who we'll call Shirley, why not? Mm-hmm. Let's just pick ridiculous names. Cool. So I had a threesome with them. And then I was still fucking him. And then I was interested in fucking her. And she pulled the like, well, I view you as a sister thing with me. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's really awkward considering that we like strap on gangbangs, your yeah. boyfriend so together. So you got, you got sister zoned? I, I mean, sister zoned. <laughs> After doing some weird three-way with them, yes, Aww. yes, it was unfortunate, but it's wow, fine. that takes me back. That I I've, know, yeah, I I That's haven't like thought of 2009? that. Two thousand nine, yeah, yeah, two thousand, yeah, probably two thousand nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're we're over ten years, and I had no idea. I had no idea that you were fucking Bob. 
Listen, really? But yeah, really? I don't, maybe I knew. Maybe I, I knew. Like everyone in Chicago fucked Bob at some. That's point. true. That is true. Bob, so got around, Bob got around, and then when I first moved to Chicago, and I broke up with the girl that I like moved to Chicago to be with, mm-hmm. I went on a date with him. And he seemed great on paper, but like was really weird in person. Yeah. <laughs> but great kisser. Great kisser. Yeah. 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 Interesting guy. Yeah. yeah. And then I went on one date with your partner in 2008 wow. and we didn't hit it off romantically, but we became friends after that. Wow. So, yeah. Blast from the past. I but know. Yeah, you're right. Even though I had no idea you dated Bob, you're right. Bob got around. Everybody Bob. dated Bob. And even in our, in our, you know, even larger sort of social circle at that point. I think everybody fucked everybody. At everyone some point fucked or everyone. Another. And yeah. Bob could always land really hot women, which I don't yes. know how, but he always dated the hottest fucking women. So mm-hmm. good, good for him. He's probably yep. in his fifties now continuing to bang hot women. So yep. good, good for Bob. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a, a fond memory of, you know, I have many fond memories of hanging out with you, not necessarily the first time we met, but like a strap-on testing party that we were both at. Yes, <laughs> that, that is a highlight. Like when I am, you know, close to being on my deathbed, deep into dementia, I am still going to remember that party. <laughs> that, yeah, that party was fucking wild. <laughs> I think that was 2011 because I had just gotten back from a trip to Denmark. So like mm. I got back from Denmark and then I immediately went to a strap-on testing party. So As you do. I as mean, you do, you like know. you do when you're a jet-setting kingster. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what do you consider to be your life's work? And you can define this any way you want. And how do you think that's impacted your love life? Oh, Okay. So my life's work, I'm finally actually doing my life's work as a job, which I'm a sexuality educator, and I mainly concentrate on normalizing, you know, non-normative sexual practices, relationship configurations, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I would say probably a better way to answer how this has affected my love life is how not concentrating on these things had affected my love life prior to this. Um, and, and that's, I think the reason why I, I got, not, I think I know, I know it's the reason why I got into doing what I was doing. You know, I, prior to my mid thirties, I guess when I made this career change, I became a sexuality educator. I started my own self journey. I was very much in like the toxic monogamous hellhole that a lot of us were in that grew up in the, you know, the seventies, eighties or nineties. Sure. Um, very unhealthy relationships. You know, my relationships were monogamous and they totally shouldn't have been, but I didn't know I had another option. Like I had no clue that, you know, uh, wild jealousy and like, I own you and I control you. I thought that was the only way to have a relationship. Yeah. And so, you know, hence you can imagine what my love life was like before. And as far as kink goes, like I've always been pretty kinky. I've always had very outside the box sexual leanings and things that had turned me on. And I just thought I was weird. I was like nobody else. So once I discovered those things, it really, it changed not just my love life, but my whole life, my whole outlook on everything, how I approached everything. And you know, it, it, I am not in those horrible abusive relationships. I am, you know, things are a lot better. So that kind of answered your question in a roundabout way. No, that makes sense though, that that would just completely revolutionize, um, 
your love life. And it's interesting for me because I grew up in Berkeley, California, um, and I was a teenager in the 90s. I went to my first play party when I was 17. (gasps) I had my first polyamorous relationship when I was 18. I mean, it was horribly abusive, but it's like I take it for granted that I was exposed to these things really young. But if you're not in this cultural epicenter, then yeah, it's going to take longer. Although I think that the Gen Z, I love the Gen Z kids who are like, yeah, I'm polyamorous and I'm pansexual. And like, they're so free. My youngest is Gen Z. And it's just amazing listening to her and her friends talk, you know, and it's very, you know, having open relationships is normal. Like, okay, that's a valid choice. Just like monogamy, being kinky. Are you a top or a bottom? You know, like those, those are things I didn't even know existed. Like I didn't know I could be bisexual. I didn't know I could have anything but abusive monogamy. Mm. I didn't know there was any other, you know, way of existence, but like heavy, horrible, oppressive patriarchy. I didn't grow up with those things and I didn't know they were even options until I was in my thirties. Yeah. So I just think about sometimes had I grown up or had I gone through high school and college knowing these things, my life would be so different. So that's why I do what I do to not only like the people who feel like, shit, I wish I would have known this 20 years ago, like those folks, but also the folks that are 18, 20, you know, whatever right now. Yeah. It's like, oh, I uh, can, can I help save you the heartache that I went through? Sure. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Sure. And I think part of actually um, having a healthy polyamorous relationship or kink sexuality like it's not just being poly or kinky you have to have communication skills and good boundaries and if you're 18 years old I remember when I was 18 in my first poly relationship like that was a really abusive situation and I didn't understand that at the time right um so I think any kind of relationship can be abusive but what you're doing is modeling healthy ways of, of doing these things, which is Mm -hmm. a resource that, which is very much needed, I think, especially as more and more people are coming out as poly or kinky or whatever, you know? Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Okay. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Have you had any of your exes reach out to you during quarantine or have you reached out to anyone? Hell no. No, um, so no, no apocalyptic regrets. No, like piggybacking off of that last question, I uh-huh. have like two. I was a serial monogamous, so I have sure. two very long term exes that like should have been marriages, but I just I had the foresight not to actually. Thank God you didn't. Like yeah, I've had, a but few I had of the kids too. and the dog and the you know all that. Sure. Um, so one, it was just a horribly abusive, complete fuckhead that I hope is dead. Uh, (laughs) the other one, um, we just would never, (laughs) it's just, yeah, that that bridge is burnt. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then after that, you know, since I've, I am non-monogamous, I have, I guess, ex-partner. I mean, nobody that I've even really broken up with. It's just, I, what is that, that, uh, term comets? Like you have partners that are comets yeah. that, that you come around just every once in a while. And then maybe you don't 
talk, maybe it's a couple of years go by and you're sure. just not in the same, you know, atmosphere or, or rotation together. And then you come back around again. So I wouldn't really even say any of my more recent exes are exes. They're just on a different trajectory in the universe right now and far away from me. Sure. So, <laughs> yeah. So No, actually, actually the aforementioned Bob was a comet. Like every two years he'd come around and then mm-hmm. like we'd fuck and then he'd get real psycho. <laughs> whole pattern (laughs) right right yeah yeah I was actually expecting more people to have exes come out of the woodwork and surprisingly not so much so that's been impressive um there was a guy that I was starting to date right before quarantine happened and then his ex-girlfriend wanted to get back together and it was one of those things where it's like if you're going to get booed up for the long haul, are you going to go with the new person or are you going to go with the stranger? And I think that's probably going to depend on the individual, but I think he opted for the devil he knew. (laughs) But I was so pissed. I was like, bitch, why? Yeah, it's okay. I think like in early in isolation, quarantine, whatever you want to call it, I think a lot of people were like, hooking up with exes, calling exes. I think we were just at a completely different mental state back in April, May. Before it was normal. Yeah. Yeah. And and maybe a little panicky, like, oh, fuck, I got to get some ass, you know? Um, And now I just think we're complacent and depressed. Yeah, it's just like, whatever. (laughs) I just thought I was never going to get a hug again. But like, at this point, I have friends who will hug me where we're just like calculated risk. Yeah. Yeah. and we actually, have time to figure it out, I think, too. Yeah, for sure. Actually, so it's so funny. I was at my friend's swimming pool, and she had this neighbor who came over and, like, gave me a hug, kind of just gave me a hug. And I was like, ah. Oh. And I freaked out. But this woman's name was Legendary. And I sort of felt like, okay, if this random stranger named Legendary needed to give me a hug, that feels sort of mystical. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Her name was her a name? legendary name or was no, legendary? Her name was literally legendary. What? That is legendary. <laughs> I know. And I was like, okay, legendary gave me a hug. And I feel like that's like some weird angel blessing me. So I'm just going to let it slide. Right? <laughs> yeah. And I'm not sick. So the, to my knowledge. So it's okay. Yeah. Oh, that God. is funny. It is really funny. Legendary. Hmm. Legendary, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what is one thing you miss about your worst ex, even if you're really glad you're not with them anymore? Oh, gosh. Okay, so that's the the one I'm like, oh, I hope you're dead, that one. Uh, yeah. Everything about that person was horrible, ruined my life, however, gave me a child. So, well, you know, that's a good thing. Yeah, that's um, something, I guess. There is this stereotype, you may have heard it, that the most unstable, horrific, horrible partners, often men, are really good at oral sex. Like, what is that? I don't know. Or like just fucking in general. Yeah, not great at fucking in general, but oral okay, sex, like but this took particular the guy. prize. But I really honestly think that like he studied his ass up so he could use it as a narcissistic malip- manipulation tool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I no, don't think I it was out that. of the, 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 you know, the pureness of his heart or his tongue. No. Um, you know, I benefited in the short term, but I think in the long term, it was all part of his master plan. No, yeah. my one true part, like sociopath partner, where I, I think he was clinically a sociopath, mm-hmm. was also really good at eating pussy and obsessed with it. And he was also the first dude to ever fist me. And I think that kind of like imprinted me sexually. Uh, Like I'd never had that experience with anyone else. And so like, it was really hard to break up with him because that, 
yeah, like certain aspects of the sex life was so good. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Psychopathic cunnilingus is the best. <laughs> I feel like that should be like a sex guide, like the psychopath's guide to come up. <laughs> like, you know how they have like, like the guide to blowjobs by gay men, you know, yes. it's sort of like, yeah, I became a master at cunnilingus in order to manipulate women. And now I will share my secret. <laughs> oh my oh, God. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. No, I, I see that. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. What is your astrological sign and how do you think that has impacted your love life, if at all? Okay. So my mother was an astrologer, as is my current partner used to be an astrologer. Yeah. I know that I'm a Leo Scorpio rising Sagittarius moon. Oh, wow. Um, And when I tell people that, especially people who have fucked me, they're like, oh, (laughs) yes, you are. And I'm just like, I don't really know what that means. Um, I mean, I, I, I guess like the Leo part of me, I guess is stereotypical where it's like, I need very specific feedback. I yeah. need to, you know, I need to be t- like, that was great. And then like, get, tell me, you know, each little step of the way, how great it was and what was great and what I can, you know. Uh, and I guess that the Scorpio part of me is I am, I love psychological statism. Ah, yes. And Me too. Very like twist. I like twisted dark, you know, <laughs> your stereotypical like Scorpio stuff, but I like it in a fun package. So maybe that's Leo, like clown sex. Like, um, yeah. I can be a, a, a. The Sag is really fun too. I have yeah. Sag rising. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I have Sag rising and Leo moon. So I'm like you, but flipped with Taurus on the middle. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you get it. You get, <laughs> okay. it. So I get it. I don't know if that's just a coincidence and I'm just making it fit that, but. No. Well, I can see how clown. Clown sex is like fun and silly, but also really scary all at the same time, depending. I don't have the clown phobia, but I know that it's super intense for certain people. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Wow. So this is my favorite. Who is on your list of gross slash problematic people you secretly want to fuck? Oh, God. Okay. This is like... In one respect, I'm like, this is really weird. But in another respect, when I tell people, they're like, oh, yeah, I totally get it. Uh-huh. it and it's not a specific person, but it's like gross men. So that could be mm. like, like a dirty old gross man. It could be – I used to have a fantasy where – um, they were doing some some road work outside of my house uh-huh. and I had just been laid off. So I just like lay in the bed all day and masturbate. Uh-huh. So I started having this fantasy where they had like th- that big like digging tractor with like the, the big like shovel on the front of it uh-huh. and that like the the dirt and they were covered in dirt and they were gross and you know they were just like they were dudes like the bears kind of dudes like yeah. guys I would never date and I would just have this fantasy that they would take me and like put me in the this this digging part of the tractor and like gangbang me oh you know God. and it was just I so gross and yeah. I don't know why and so, like I just like your stereotypical like Republican guy on the golf course, like the grossest men. Yeah. I want to like force fuck me, and it's the yeah. weirdest thing. But yeah, yeah, that's my problematic fuck. 
Yeah, no, I know what you mean. It's like, I don't want it to be tender or gentle or vanilla with those dudes. But if one of those dudes just, yeah, I violated like, me in a consensual, I mean, in, yeah. a, in a fantasy way, like, I don't really want it in real life, but as a fantasy, that's really hot. I know exactly, exactly. what you mean. Exactly. Yeah. It's just like, like, I don't know, like, you know, consensual non-consent, obviously. Of course. Like, yeah. uh, like hate fuck. Oh, like yeah. just gross, disgusting hate fuck. I feel like I could hate fuck just about anyone. Yeah. Like if you put the hate fuck lens on it, like anyone is a potential hate fuck, I think. That's, that's true. I had a, a moment in a bar a long time ago when I lived in Chicago where this bro in like a Cubs jersey came up to me and started hitting on me. And I like was kind of drunk and I looked him in the eye and I was like, you don't even have to win me over. We can go home and fuck right now, but I need you to know it's going to be a hate fuck. And he just like was like, and like backpedaled real fast. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Because yeah. that was the only circumstance under which I would fuck him, and I didn't want to waste his time, you know? So I just yeah. laid my cards on the table, and it was clear that he didn't have a se- secret kinky streak. So that resolved the issue very quickly. <laughs> Huh, interesting. Now I'm like, I'm really thinking, because you're right, I hate, like, I hate those, like, Cubs, like, if you're from Chicago, you know what I'm talking about, like, the Wrigleyville Cubs fan, like, bros that are out when there's a game, and they're, like, walking the streets drunk, and I just want to punch all of them. They're all, like, like the same dude. They're, like, clones of the exact same dude. Yeah. I can't, I cannot have people like that in my life that are my friends that I know, but if a no bunch way. of them were going to like gangbang me in a dark alley, <laughs> I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, the idea of Sox fans doing that isn't actually as hot to me. No. It has to be Cubs fans because like, I don't mind the Sox, but I really hate the Cubs. I'm yes. sure I'm alienating some random listeners. I don't really care. Um, yeah. Fuck the Cubs. So yeah, yeah. I'm the same way. And it's not even so much like I could give a shit about sports. I know nothing about sports. It's not like I like one team over the other. It's the fans. It's like the, the, the bro dude Cubs fans are just so much more vomit inducing than like the South side Sox fans. Absolutely. That's why I hate the Cubs because of Wrigleyville and all those bars and all those people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's true. It's like, yeah, if someone there's, it's just that tension between like the repulsion and, but yeah, there has to be some element of violence to really make it. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> See, it's so funny. Cause every time I'm like, I'm about to tell someone this, it's so fucked up. They're like, no, I get it. Yeah. And I'm like, what is this? Yeah. I, yeah. Maybe there's something about like, repulsion and arousal. I know that like fear and arousal are very similar. Yes. Physiological responses. I took a class. There is an educator named Paul Ruloff that specializes more in age play. And he's like teaches around the Midwest at like kink conferences and stuff. And he took, or he taught a class. This was years ago on disgust and mm. and sexuality interesting and why disgust turns us on and he broke it down and i was like yes like wow. i get it like the more disgusting and the grosser it is the more it can be a turn on totally. and and the more we're turned on 
the more we can, the grosser the thing we can handle. Just like the more we're turned on, the more pain we can handle. Yeah. It's like the same thing. And it's just, it's fascinating to me. Yeah. I feel like there's a tipping point with it, but absolutely. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. This is, I mean, that's why this question is so fun to delve into because I feel like everyone has like this gross person or fantasy or whatever that they maybe won't talk about freely unless they're really like into exploring their kinks in that way. Right. So, and on that note, um, is there anyone you wish you could unfuck and why? I'm going to go back to horrible, abusive, you know, that was, that was a big, however, if I hadn't fucked that person, I wouldn't have my child, which I'm not going to take that back. But like, just, it was one, here's how it happened. Here's how it happened. I had just broken up with first long-term guy who should have been husband but wasn't. Sure. Wasn't, I mean, you know, kind of, you know, the clueless guy who couldn't hold a job. Like, meant well in his heart. He was just kind of a fuck-up. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, But not a a genuinely evil person or anything. Sure. But finally, I was like, it's been 11 years, you know, I'm done. Bro, I was like, I needed to be... And then my friend, I never listen to your friends. And it, when it's the 90s, when it's the mid 90s, and you've just gone through a breakup, don't listen to your friends that watch Sex in the City. This was oh, the no. biggest mistake. I w- Here's what you need. You need to go out and get some dick. I'm like, but oh, I don't God. want dick. I don't, that's the last thing. I, no, you just need to go get fucked. That's what you need. Just anybody, just go get that. Oh, and I'm no. just like, it, that really doesn't seem... But then I was like, maybe I'm the one who doesn't know. I'm in the middle of an emotional breakdown. Maybe I do need some dick. So he was the first dick that I landed on. Oh, no. Huge mistake. Danger dick. I should have listened. Because I know myself better than anybody else. Why I'm listening to these other people going, go get some dick. That was just. So, yeah. Want to unfuck that dick. Yeah. yeah, fair. Yeah, it was really funny because, you know, the whole quarantine, like, I'm single. So, like, I was trying to find a quarantine boo for a while, and now I've kind of just given up. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I, I dated different guys and just got to be too much of a shit show. But um, I had a friend who's like, oh, I know the perfect guy for you. <laughs> oh. And I was like, oh, and she started describing who this person was. And I'm going to use a fake name, but I'm like, is this Thirsty Joe? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, you know, he's called Thirsty Joe for a reason, right? It's this guy that just like hits on everyone. Um, Yeah. So he was like, well, I was at Avon and I saw you at Avon. And I'm like, yeah, but you were there to be a creep. (laughs) (laughs) And so I was like, no, I'm not fucking Thirsty Joe. Like, thank you. But no, like that's, that's not. Plus he's a Gemini. I don't do Geminis. Oh. So I was just like, no, no, not fucking thirsty Joe, but thank you. <laughs> See, I should have oh. done that. And yeah, was, just what followed like, no. was eight years of hell. And yeah. Oh like, my God. Yeah. You're, what was supposed to be your like random rebound dick turned into a, wow, eight years. Yeah. Yeah. Eight year baby daddy dick. Yeah. Oh it was like, God. oh yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. <laughs> for like some random dick yeah so oof. yeah yeah but you know what doesn't kill us just makes us deader i guess yeah. um anyway <laughs> so on a more cheerful note what was one of the best dates of your life you know i would say that it was the date i had with my current partner now 
it was a weird date. And it was the, so, so this was the first relationship where I was like, from the get go, I'm kinky. I want an open relationship. Like I never want to be monogamous again. Like it started off on the right foot, you know? And, uh, you know, my partner, Ken, he's weird and in a good way. That's the term of endearment. Um, I'm weird. So that worked out. And I was living in Northwest Indiana, like again, a result of eight year baby daddy dick, like how I ended up moving to Northwest Indiana. That's a whole nother. Anyway, so (laughs) another story for another time. Yeah. I'm living in Northwest Indiana. I had just gotten laid off from my job. So, you know, all I was doing all day was laying masturbating, thinking about the construction dudes. And, uh, we decided we met on FetLife and decided to go on a date while my kids were in school because I, you know, I had my kids, I didn't have sure. a babysitter. I had to be back at a certain time to pick them up from like their after school program. So we had a daytime date, took the train into Chicago and what ended up happening? He, I, I found out later that he always tries to do something mildly illegal on his day, just very mildly illegal, like nothing horrible. <laughs> um, so well, what? I don't even know how this came up, but he, it was a summer day, downtown Chicago. And he, he was talking about his dick, something about his dick. And it was like mutual. And, oh, I know what it was. He does puppetry of the penis <laughs> where you like fold your dick into like the hamburger and this and that. And he's telling me I can do puppetry of the penis. And I was like, really? And he's like, do you want to see? And I'm like, yeah, I want to see. And we're in the middle of uh, Michigan Avenue in downtown Chicago on like a Tuesday afternoon. It was like 11 in the morning. And he looks over his shoulder and we're on one of the bridges above the Chicago river. And he like puts his crotch like deep into the corner against one of the bridges. Uh And he's like, bend over and look, I'm going to do the hamburger or whatever. And so I'm peeking. It's like this little tiny place where I can peek. And I'm like, Oh, I'm seeing this guy's dick. And then, somebody starts tugging his arm while he has his hands on his dick. And I will never forget the look on his face. He's like, oh my God. Oh my God. You know, and it was somebody giving away promotional pens. And so she's pulling his arm and she, she had a very thick accent. English was not her first language. So she's pulling his arm going pin, pin, Pin and we're thinking she's saying penis, like she's trying to say penis, and we're just like, oh my fucking god! And then finally, she hands, she like shoves a pen in its face, which I still have that pen, by the way. Oh my um, god! And then like it was just the rest of the day was fun. Like that set the tone. We m- made out in an alley. I got choked out for the first time in Ooh. my life because I was a new kingster. You know, it was just a lot of fun. It was you know nothing. You know, it's not like we jumped out of a parachute or anything. It was just like. All right, this is this is a good date with a uh, a person that's not only you know a person that's going to set the tone for the rest of my life because now we're married. Uh, just a a new way of being and living and expressing my sexuality. You know, it was yeah, like, which you like, needed. I'm coming out and doing all the things I should have been doing. So yeah, it was a memorable day. That's awesome. I love yeah. it. <laughs> But yeah, it's like perfect timing with just the woman saying pen and you're like, what? (laughs) Yeah, we were like, oh my God. And he's pulling, like she's yanking on his arm and he's pulling his arm back. Oh my God. This is like the universe's way of trolling you. I swear. Yes. Yes. So that was fun. That That is hilarious. 
Okay. Well, what was one of the worst dates of your life? So luckily, I, I, there is no one date that stands out as like, this was horrible. You can't believe what happened. Um, I will say, you know, I've had a collection of dates when I was doing the internet dating thing, you know, okay, sure. Cupid, plenty of fit. You know, this is back like in the, what, 2008, 2009, plenty of fish. I don't know what I was Oh thinking. my God. Um, yeah. I lived in Northwest Indiana. You yeah. Know, what did fair. I know? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's Northwest Indiana. Yeah. I am very, very bad at just judging people from afar. I don't like meeting new people because it's, it's, it's really hard for me to read people that I don't know. Um, and then add internet dating. So I just picked a series of people that just were not for me and just it was a series of really uncomfortable dates you know Uh, where it's like the time to every every minute seems like it's an hour he's not even bad you know so bad where I could hate fuck him and get it over with it was just kind of in between mediocre like Why am I even here? It's Um, not even disgust. It's like disdain. Yeah. yeah, It's like being stoned to death with popcorn. Like, please (laughs) fucking get it over with. This is horrible. So yeah, it's just a collection, a large collection of dates like that, that were bad. Oh man. Is it, is it the kind of date where it's like not bad enough that you can bolt? Yeah. And then, you know, every, you know, you'll say something and then just, you'll both go, and look at each other and there's that uncomfortable silence and you're like what do I say next what do I say next you know it was oh Oh, my god wow okay so not everyone likes to get it onto music this is something I'm learning but if you do what is your favorite music to get it onto um, I'm going to go with the, cl- I've heard that somewhere this was voted the number one album to, to like fuck to is Portishead Dummy. I wholeheartedly <laughs> agree with that. The um, other one is Mezzanine by Massive Attack. That one just oh, keeps okay. coming up. Yes. Yeah. And I was going to say like that sort of genre, Massive Attacks, Sneaker Pimps, like any kind of yeah. trip hop sort of music yeah. is, is good. Um, Anything where there's not, you know, if it's if it's music with either a lot of words or a lot going on, it yeah. distracts me. Or just something like, you know, something I would have danced to at junior prom 1986 yeah. probably isn't going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And what I haven't fucked to, though... Um, is like what is it the binaural music? Like binaural the alpha- yes, oh, man, that could I, be interesting. That might be good to fuck to because I've I've taken to listening to that kind of music very low when I'm working, mm-hmm. and you know once I get to the point where it's like I think I've tuned it out, but I haven't, and it's like somehow working for me, and I'm like getting on a roll, and I'm really it helps me just get into whatever I'm doing. I need to fuck to that playlist. Yeah. To see if it might be, it could just be too weird. Or it could I think be like you a have to wear experience. headphones for it to really work, though. So you'd have to have both of you like wearing headphones hmm. while you fuck. Because isn't the whole thing with binaural beats that it's somehow the bilateral stimulation yeah. messes with your brain in some way? I don't know. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Yeah. It just occurred to me that like 
It would be interesting to like fuck to some really unsexy music, sort of like fucking the gross person, like have music where you hate fuck to it, but you're hate fucking the music. I don't know. I like that. Like, or I hate actually that really like busy, nervous, discordant, like jazz. Like I could get some hate fucking off. Bebop, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. totally. Um, I once non-consensually fucked to Whitney Houston in a love hotel in Japan because <laughs> it was being piped in, and I didn't know how to turn it off. And I figured it out later, but I had sex on a waterbed to Whitney Houston, and it was just bad. Wow. But yeah. I feel like the waterbed was part of that, you know, because you can't get any traction. Yeah, like, I know that there's this, like, 70s swingers thing about, like, ooh, like, I've got a waterbed, you know, but no. that's terrible. No. Yeah, I've never understood the waterbed thing because, like you said, you're just, like, sloshing around. There's nothing to hold on to. There's no traction. There's – it's it's – the worst fucks that I haven't even completed a fuck on a waterbed because we start and I'm just like, like yeah, blah, blah, blah. yeah, let's yeah. go to the floor. It's yeah. Do they even make those anymore? I feel like, like it's a Gen Xer thing. Like I don't think a millennial has probably ever fucked on a waterbed. I could be wrong. I don't know. I mean, I know they make like after the whole like big waterbed craze, the next thing for a minute was the water mattresses where they had like pillow pockets with water in the mattress, but it wasn't a whole, but I, that is a good question. Yeah. I'm going to have to like do a Google deep dive on this later because it's just something that always sucked. It's terrible for back pain. Like there's really nothing redeeming about a fucking water bed. Yeah. So. mm. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Last question. What's something that's not normally considered sexy that really turns you on? Hmm. Um, I would say psychological sadism, really. I mean, I, you know, as, as I, I don't know if it's like I'm approaching my fifties, every decade you have a new level of understanding about yourself. Sure. And my, this decade or this era, I wouldn't say the whole decade, but more recently I have been really coming to terms with like how my brain works and, uh, my neurodivergence and my learning disability and, and how that enables me to communicate with people in, in different ways or hinders me from communicating with people sure. in different ways. And like, so one of the things is like, I cannot read either nonverbal or like inference. Like, yeah. like when you were like, her name was legendary. I'm like, I have no idea if her name actually was legendary or if like, like, and I'm very, like, I need things to be very verbally specific. Or no, I'm like, for sure. And also, on. you don't expect someone's name to be legendary. So it, that's, that's under- true. Yeah. So yeah. that's perfectly understandable. Yeah. yeah. And, and maybe so that was a bad example, but that was the best No, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Though. I sometimes am a little dense and need things spelled out too. So Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I have noticed that. Maybe because I, and I don't know why, like I'm still, this is what I'm currently figuring out. This is how I'm psychologically analyzing myself. And I don't know if it's because I am so hyper verbal that that's really what turns me on. Like I don't necessarily, you know, a lot of your average people, you will see someone and you'll be like, that person's hot. I'm horny. I want to fuck them. Yeah. And for me, it's like, no, I want to have a psychological power play with you. Like, yeah. that's really where 
and I've realized all of my sexuality is rooted in that way. And it's even sexually satisfying for me whether I have an orgasm or not. Like sometimes the, it will be very stereotypically sexual, like we are touching genitals and doing the sex thing. And then sometimes it's like we're fucking with each other's heads. And that's perfectly fine too. So yeah, yeah that's that's my not not typically sexy, but very sexy thing. All right. Okay. That's, those are the 10 questions. Yay. Those, Yay. That was fun. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for being my guest. Absolutely. Anytime. Yeah. You can learn more about Sunny Megatron by visiting her website at sunnymegatron.com. And also make sure to check out American Sex Podcast, which is the podcast about sex that she does with her partner, Ken Melvoinberg. Dirty Panties Podcast is produced by me, Venus Valentine. Our music is Euphoria by Desac. If you enjoy the podcast, please make sure to rate and review us at Apple Podcasts. Until next time, stay dirty. Stay dirty.